Okay, Stacy, communication with donors is critical. What are your thoughts on the most important questions our staff and board members should be able to answer about our organization and its mission? What I love about this question is that this is exactly what organizations should talk about in staff meetings and board meetings, because as basic as this sounds, try an experiment. I would love for everyone listening to try an experiment and say at a board meeting or say to at a staff meeting, hey, if if, if a, we have a new donor or a potential new donor and they ask, tell me about your organization, what do you do? How do you respond to that, right? And it is fascinating when you go through that exercise, how many people stumble, don't, aren't natural, like it doesn't sound natural. They're either reciting some weird contrived, you know, statement or it it just, they don't have the same messages. They don't have their elevator pitch in sync. So I just think, first of all, you got to really get clear and make sure there's some consistent messaging around what do we do? Who are we? What do we do? Right. Um, you know, and I, I think other common things to be aware of that I think donors ask whether we like it or not, and this could be existing donors, it could be potential new donors, but how is my donation going to be used? Right. Like, so, so something like that. Um, what have you done with past donations you've gotten? Like what's your, kind of that underlying question of what's your impact? Um, and the the question that makes Andy and I and our heads explode here collectively together is Don't like overhead. <laughs> what is your overhead? How much do you spend on overhead? Right? What percentage of my donation is going to go to the cause? Now, here's the cool thing. I think if you were to come up with brainstorm, this should be a great like brainstorming activity at a staff meeting and a board meeting or whatever, some combination. Talk about this. Come up with it figure out how you would respond as an organization. I mean, no one has to memorize this word for word, but have the general gist of it because there is a great opportunity if you get that question, right? To educate donors and to answer it in a way that isn't just sort of, I don't know, making the situation worse that exists out there, perpetuating that way of thinking like, Mm -hmm. hey, actually all your money goes to the cause because we couldn't do what we do without you know, X, Y, Z, like uh, imagine that, right? <laughs> like a, a roof over whatever. Like, <laughs> right. yeah. So anyways, so I guess I, I don't know. I get, I think more organizations should be aligning themselves around these kinds of things. Um, I don't know. What did I miss? What would you, what do you think if, if you're a donor and you're going in, what would you be asking? Oh, I'm the wrong person to ask. I'm not the target market for this question. Okay. Right? So I'm the wrong person <laughs> That's to true. ask. That's true. You I'm... would get really, <laughs> what kind of financial wizardry question would you ask? Tell me about liquidity. Yes. Then, yes. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you aren't the right one. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. So, so it, it, at one of my previous places of work, we had a board member that came in and like, he was like his first board meeting. And that's, he actually asked this question and it was funny because everybody's like, well, it's, you know, it's the mission, right? Everybody's really defensive, got super defensive about like, we don't have that. Like we don't, we don't have an elevator speech. We, we do this job and this is what we do, right? Uh, Why are you asking such complicated, hard questions? And it was really difficult for us to come up with something that was short and compelling and things like that. So we did spend an awful lot of time like coming up with sort of like fact sheets and like, here's all of the, here's all of what you said, all of the impacts and sort of how the organization works and what its purpose is and what its history is and pretty much everything you would do if you're going to give somebody a tour of your organization, right? And just right. walk them around and say, 
this person is doing this job and that's why it's important, right? Something, something like that. It was really, really hard for us to do. And it took us, you know, the next board meeting comes back. He's like, so are we done with that? And we're like, um, no, no, we've only just begun. We are not done yeah. with that. Yeah. You opened Pandora's box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You gave us more work to do. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Right. Yeah. But, but I, I think it's a good, it's a good thing to do. I, I think for the, what the important questions are, nah, it's a cop out, but it depends on the organization. It depends on what you're doing, what your mission is, what, what space you're in. Like, is it, is it something really obvious? Like, like a food pantry like where, where the, the mission and the purpose and the results are super, super clear. Or is it something really, really esoteric, like research, some kind yeah. of research and something very specific, um, which you could have a completely different, like what's important to learn about that organization mm-hmm. is probably going to be more about like, why do you exist? Right. And yeah. not like, you know, technical details about yeah. why it's efficient or why this is the best way to serve the underlying problem or something like that. Um, that's a cop out answer, but and I know. I think you're right that going through the process of trying to figure out what it is for your organization is probably the best thing to do. Yeah. And thinking about the messaging, because I also think that we, you know, nonprofits and all of us, right, we fall into that trap of using jargon, of of talking in ways that we all understand, but someone who isn't familiar with us doesn't understand. So also thinking about like, how do we message this in a way that anyone could relate to and connect to instead of glaze over and be like, I have no clue what yeah. they just said. Yeah, yeah. Use tons of acronyms. Yeah, That's yeah. my favorite. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nonprofit governance. Nonprofit answers. Nonprofit board. Nonprofit management. Nonprofit marketing. Nonprofit resources. The Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits presents Nonprofit Everything, the podcast about everything nonprofit. With your host, Andy Shurek and Stacy Wedding. Welcome to another episode of Nonprofit Everything. I'm Andy Shurek. I'm here with my fantastic co-host, Stacy Wedding, and we're here to answer all of your nonprofit questions. So the way this works is you send us questions. You can send them to the Nonprofit Everything webpage, which, by the way, has the show notes on it. You can tweet them at us. You can go to our Facebook page and post them there. Just go ahead and send us those questions because that's the way the podcast works. If we don't have any questions, we we talk about our pets and nobody wants that. So this is a production of the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits. Go ahead and check the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits out. They've always got cool stuff going on. If you're a member, thank you. We appreciate you. If you're not a member, go see what what they're doing. I think you might be surprised. A membership is very inexpensive and there's lots of really cool stuff. And with that, we're going to get right to it. I was recently approached by someone that has invited me to serve on the board of his nonprofit startup. My background as a pure academic has provided me without much of a framework for thinking about this opportunity, and especially at the super early state that it's in. I was wondering if you could provide some advice for things that I should be looking for, not just for myself, but to make sure that the organization he's trying to build is set up in a good, safe, smart way. Awesome. You're already well on the road with that question, right? Like you're already, I'm like, kudos. That that question gets me excited coming from a new board member. Um, So I think I want to like approach this question with more of the most common mistakes and then talk through those, which are ultimately going to get the the person who wrote this, what they need. But, but I think about the common mistakes when you're setting like up a nonprofit. And, you know, I think the first one is this idea of poor research or lack of research and any kind of planning. Like 
right? So you, you see an organization that doesn't put together their business plan, who doesn't think through all of the components of how they're going to fund this, what makes it unique, right? What's kind of its competitive advantage? What else exists out there in the environment? So those basic questions, I think many times you get someone who's really excited and energized and think they, you know, thinks they have this really, uh, you know, nifty idea. And then they never, they like skip that stage. And it's really hard to, um, I don't know. I I think it's just, I, I, I really caution against it because without that kind of planning. So even if someone has gone down this path, it's okay if you find out six months from now that it actually, maybe you shouldn't get set up. Like maybe your research says there's a lot of others doing this. So then maybe it's a different kind of question, right? Like maybe it's, can we make, how do we differentiate ourselves from that? Or is there some sort of partnership opportunity to build up these other organizations doing it, right? Like, yeah. I, yeah, like that feels like a, a big one. And then like kind of lack of kind of understanding the business models or like financial models of nonprofits and understanding what goes into those. I mean, you and I have talked about this, Andy, right? Like grants in general are really tough to get for startups for a whole host of reasons. Um, you know, it's it's it really is just the funding model. You know, is this kind of something where you're going to offer a service and and charge for that service and earn part of your revenue from that? Um, is you know, and and that's can be a slippery slope. So so just kind of the business financial model, kind of general financial knowledge, I think is critical. Um, so so getting yourself there are so many resources. I know. Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits offers some, that National Association of Nonprofits has resources that are great to like tap into for this, this startup kind of education that you need. Um, and then, I mean, I think there's this, the other two things I would say is sort of not, like not understanding clearly the stage of your organizational life cycle, right? You're in the grassroots incubation stage when you're starting up. And that means everyone's wearing a whole lot of hats that are connected to it. The founder, <laughs> you as a board member, right? It's going to be a lot of work. It's it, if, if it's, you know, unless you have some, I don't know, magic, uh, yeah, I don't know, money flow from heaven that is going to make you, you know, be able to, that you're allowed to hire a bunch of people or you'll have the capacity to do that. Like at the end of the day, I'm like, it's going to be blood, sweat and tears in, to some degree. And so realizing that startup grassroots incubation mode is tough. And like as an academic, I would think that would be particularly challenging to sort of wrap your brain around unless you've ever set up your own company or something because it's very much like an entrepreneur starting up their own company. It's, it's, it's even more complicated though with a nonprofit because of a whole bunch of other reasons, including having to appoint this volunteer board of directors that you hope will you know, be excited and passionate about the cause is you. So, so I guess, you know, the answer is I think really making sure you spend enough time in this front end stage because it will lead to like the future success. And there are resources, there are a ton of resources out there and we can, you know, connect to a couple of those links uh, in, you know, in the notes. But, but the other thing I was thinking about is like as a board member, what you need to be what you need to be having some really honest dialogue about with that founder is um what exactly are you expecting of me right like what what is it 
that you, why me, right? And what, how much time are you looking for a week? Like, because I think that is, can be really tough um, without that. Um, And then asking yourself, are, do you even, do you care (laughs) enough about this cause? Because it's going to be a lot of work, right? Like, if you don't care enough, you might as well just say goodbye now because because it's going to be a whole lot of work and a lot of time outside of your your day job, right? So, um, and then, you know, is is there money? Like I, a lot of times like founding boards aren't expected. Sometimes it's set up that they're not expected to give something, but you don't know that until you talk to the founder. Like is the founder hoping that you're going to make these five connections that are going to lead to money or give an annual gift of a thousand bucks or whatever that is. Like I just, and, and the founder may not even know those are questions to ask, but those are all, all sort of things. I think just that expectation level is important. Um, and then like trusting the person, because if you don't, tr- like, I, don't, I would love to know what your background is with this person, right? Like if you're going to be a board member. Um, yeah. Let's talk about making sure you're protected, liability insurance, right? Even if you're a baby nonprofit, like a small nonprofit, you need the directors and officers insurance. Yep. You need some liability insurance to protect you, your assets, the organization, right? Like, so so there's, I mean, we could go on. I could go on and on. I guess I just, I really think there's, this is a, a time for like a pause to really ask yourself these hard questions and ask the, sit down with the founder because, you don't want, I don't know what the relationship is. I'm guessing the founder knew you, which is why, why it started. And you don't want it to go south because of you weren't on the same page. Yeah. So I think, you know, if it sounds like this is a person who doesn't have a lot of board experience already. So in that case, I'd recommend like board source has a really good, their governance series, um, a, a series of books that talk about like sort of what the roles and responsibilities of a board member are. Um, and then talks about like what the legal requirements of a board are and gives you sort of that background of like, this is what you're, if you say yes to this, this is what you're legally getting into. And this is kind of what you can expect. But, but I think to your point, like sort of being really clear with this founder about what the responsibilities for you are going to be, because if you're a person, if you've got a full-time job and you're going to be doing your work all day, like you don't have an awful lot of extra time to do stuff for this extra business that you're going to be volunteering for. So, you know, if you're, if you're independently wealthy and you're retired and you're looking for something to do and the cause is really interesting to you, then, then yeah, you may think, yeah, I want, you know, I'd love to spend 40 hours a week doing this thing, but if you're already spending 40 hours a week doing something else, it's, you know, you have to think about what's your, what's, what's your, what's really expected to you for this. So I ask you, Stacy, would you, would you, at this stage of your career, would you join a nonprofit startup as a board member? No. Yeah. I don't think I would either. I think, I I mean, it's, I think nonprofit startups are so hard um, and require so much time and care and money and attention to get moving forward. That's a really hard sell. That's a really hard sell. I mean, I will just to be, just to put this into um, kind of practical terms. So I had, there was a, a fairly, it was part of kind of a nonprofit startup effort um, several years ago. And I'm not kidding you. It was to the the amount of time when I was doing what needed to be done. And it still wasn't even a sliver <laughs> of what needed to be done, right? We were, uh, we were a small five-person all-volunteer board, right? So just exactly what we're talking about, like, like small startup. Um, 
And it was, we all had day jobs, right? We all uh, worked full-time other places. And it was easily, easily 20 hours a week. Um, and that's it, that's probably conservative, like to, to do what needed to be done for it. And um, I'll tell you, burnout was was large <laughs> by the time that, you know, I, I, I had served my terms. Right. Like, but it was, it was tough. And, yeah. and unfortunately the organization, I mean, just to share it, like the organization ended up um, going away. Um, it never had gotten enough financial footing. And, and so I guess the thing I share with that is to know you really like thinking about that financial and business model on the front end is is critical um and and how you grow that and support that um because i'm going to guess no one's going to want to be in that that startup mode for a long time because of how grueling it is and yeah. and yeah what are what are your other commitments in your life so i mean i sacrificed so much it was a huge commitment and it is for anyone who does it and wants to do it well and right so yeah and the, you know, the, and the other flip side is when you have, when you have a founder, who's just a really good fundraiser, because that yeah. could be completely different. Like, so if you've got a founder with an idea who just wants to start something because it sounds like a cool idea, that's very different from a founder who is sort of a gifted communicator fundraiser, who's willing to go out there and talk to people and ask for money, because then you get that head start. You can bring some staff on board. You can get some staff to do some of those jobs that the board can't do. Um, and then you're probably much more much more prepared for success. So I think, you know, if I modified, you know, like, would I join a nonprofit startup? It's like, yeah, it depends on who starts it. I think that's, yes. I think that's actually a really good distinction. And I mean, the other thing is, is what position? I mean, you talk about being a pure academic. So, you know, I, I, in my brain, I just think, oh, you're like a professor at a university. I don't know. I mean, that's what pops into my brain, but whatever that looks like. I also think there's some positions that may make more sense. So for me, in my particular situation, right, I was a fairly small new business startup business owner trying to spend my time and energy drumming up business as an entrepreneur for my business and then doing that on the flip side for this other organization. And, and at some point, like those two get really challenging. So anyways, it's, I, I think also just thinking about kind of the context of the work you do, how that naturally could feed in or support this, or uh, are they both kind of at heads with each other at odds with each other? What are some thoughts to best manage a staff of two people who are as different as night and day while keeping your sanity and moving the organization forward in a positive way? So I happen to think as painful as it can be having to adjust your management style to different personalities and different types of people, I actually think it is the best gift for an organization when you see sort of that pie chart of personalities or people, you know, the people who are the innovators or the visionaries or the follow through people and the communicators. Like, I think it's amazing when you can have a team of all this kind of diverse style, skill set, leadership style. I think it's, I think it can be a huge gift to helping you accomplish your goals. So I hope the person who wrote this is is looking at that piece of it as well because i think it's actually a positive you don't want everyone in the organization thinking the same way it's not you know that doesn't help you move to where you've got to move to 
directionally. Um, I mean, I think as far as what I would do, I mean, I think it would be, you probably all know it. You probably all joke. You may even joke about it. Like, oh my gosh, of course you said that. I mean, you and I joke about it, Andy, (laughs) like when we're doing this (laughs) podcast, right? (laughs) So like, so I mean, I think you can kind of joke about it, but I also think it would be fun to do an activity. I mean, this is me and where I geek out and you're probably rolling your eyes like this is not fun at all. But like, I'm sitting there going, I would like if I had a staff meeting or like a connection with this, these two staff, I'd be like, let's just brainstorm. What do you like love about your job? And what do you loathe about your job? And like, or like, you know, the pieces or think about it for a week. And next week, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to tell you what, I bet they come back with very different lists. And then it like is a great entry point to say like, I wanted to share it because I think this is where we can all as a team like help each other. So those things that so-and-so hates, the other one loves. So maybe there's ways to kind of share some of those responsibilities or or pick, you know, I'm going to pick Andy's brain because he's, you know, amazing at thinking in this way. And I'm going to pick Stacy's brain because she's amazing thinking in this way. So like, I don't know. I just think it's kind of like uniting people, getting them like you're all united around a common theme and purpose and like kind of keeping that front and center. You're all working for an organization that hopefully you care about. So like, that's a positive, that's a commonality. And just because you approach it different, um, like, I don't know, I, I I don't feel like it's problematic, I guess, from keeping your sanity. I'm just trying to figure out, I, I think that's just kind of life, right? Like, and that's in the world. I, I, I don't know if I have tips for that other than to say, um, you know, is there something else that's making this difficult for you leading this team? Um, to to be driving you to the point of insanity? Um, is it just like feeling frazzled because you have so much on your plate that you're like, oh God, now I got to think about how to communicate it this way to this person versus this way. I I don't know. I don't know what, um, I, I would love to know more about that kind of keeping your sanity piece because it feels like there may be some underlying tension there with that comment. Yeah, I mean, it's like, is there, there must be some sort of conflict because if there weren't, I don't know, because in general, you don't, I mean, again, thinking about managing people, you kind of manage them individually. You don't like, you don't right. manage them as a group. It's not like there's one, you know, you, you don't talk to them all at once and say, let's all do the same thing. You, you deal with each person's strengths and weaknesses and, and figure out where they best fit. So there must be some sort of interpersonal conflict between these two people. Like, you know, I'm imagining uh, Wednesday Adams and L Woods, <laughs> right? From... <laughs> from the Adams yeah. family and um, Legally Blonde, right? They're like those two people might be totally polar <laughs> opposites and may just want to kill each other all the time. So like maybe maybe it's something like that where you're just trying to figure out how to keep the peace between two people who don't work well together because if they're different, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that, that's, what, that's what you want. You want multiple perspectives. You want people that are good at things, uh, different things that aren't always trying to do the exact same job the exact same way. So um, you know, maybe, maybe just try to play to their strengths. That would be my guess. But if they're fighting each other all the time, then that's a different question. And that's, that needs to be dealt with differently. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like, it, again, if there's more context and the person wants to, to provide it to us, certainly we could dig deeper. But I think, I think what you and I are saying is pretty much in agreement. And I do think that, I mean, when, I don't know about you, Andy, but I think back to in the working world, when I worked with people um, that were very different in their style than me, it was, 
it could be unmaddening and frustrating because maybe something would take, a conversation would take longer or something would take longer because we came about it at different ways. Like, but it was ultimately like we were always brought back together with what's the goal of the project and how do we use our strengths and how do we use the things that like are our gifts and what we love doing to help further this. And so like, so I think it could be a blend if, as long as there's like that common purpose, right? There's the mission purpose and then you break it down for like the goal purposes. So like, I think if there's everyone knows and just because you want to approach it a different way, it could be like, great, then you take that part so-and-so and I'll take this part. Like, like I feel like it could actually unite people to some degree. Um, or if you have like the Debbie Downer, like naysayer person, we all know that person where like you're the one who comes up with all the great ideas and there's the person that just, you don't get it out of your mouth, right? And they shoot it down. I think that's They're me. Like, that's yeah, my role. Yeah, I was going to say, right? Like, like what would work with you? Like, Andy, right? <laughs> like, so, so I come, right? Like, I mean, I'm sitting there going, but then I think it also might be like, okay, so take a breath, Andy, like, I hear you not liking that. Is there a way we could position this that would make it better, stronger or something that you would feel more comfortable with? Like, that's the way I would play it. So like, yeah. I guess that's just what I'm thinking, like that interpersonal communication, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in previous jobs, I, my, my executive director actually called me Mr. No, because that was my <laughs> immediate answer to everything was no. And it wasn't because I'm just a meanie grump who hates working. It was because like the, you have to think of the you have to think of the whole mission all together and remember that the point of your organization is to do a particular thing and when things get suggested that are not part of that thing that don't make sense within the mission or are tangential to the mission or don't don't actually help us meet our goals they're just wasting our time and it's it, and it's a really i mean it's a very narrow lens which I think was really frustrating to the people that come up, Hey, I've got this great idea. We should do this. And it's like, but using my narrow lens, like that's outside the, why don't we do everything else well before we start expanding on things that we're going to suck at, you know? And, and so, so I can see where someone would just immediately assume that like, yeah, that person's just a pain. Like don't even bring it to him. Cause he's just going to tell you he's going to shoot it down. And it's probably would have been on me to say, I, I love your enthusiasm. I'm glad you're thinking of new ideas. Let's talk about a way that we can do this without wrecking everything else in the process, right? Which is what I really meant, right? Yeah. But, but it really comes across as like, nope, not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cue the sad music. We've gotten to the end of the podcast. So that's it for this episode. Thanks again to everybody that sent in your questions. We really appreciate that. If you heard something today and you wanted to know more about it or there are some clarifications or we got something wrong and you want to uh, let us know about that, please reach out. NonprofitEverything.com is the website where you can uh, contact us there. We're also available on Facebook, Twitter, uh, by text and email, and you can call us at home too. And with that, thank you for joining us and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Thank you.
Thank you.